Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It is Wednesday. For this Let's Ride podcast, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning podcast is a part of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com's network of podcasts. And it is hump day. We are halfway there, folks. Congratulations. You're almost there. Stick with it. But not only are we almost there, it's Wednesday. We got the mailbag coming up in the second half, which is always fun. It's always exciting. My Ride or Die crew, again, as always, did not disappoint when it came to the questions for that segment of the show. But also, the Steelers themselves are gearing up for a big-time game, a big-time test. And yes, it's the preseason, and I know that it doesn't technically count, but there's a lot of answers that we, the fans, are looking for, even in these week one preseason games, even with these depth pieces that are just trying to make the roster. There's a lot to glean from these upcoming games, and we're going to get you ready for that every which way possible. When you think about BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, giving you all the latest and greatest news in terms of features and commentary, you name it, we've got it for you right there. We call it your one-stop shop for a reason for Pittsburgh Steelers news. So make sure you check out that website. And also in case you just stumbled upon this podcast, whether you're listening on the website, on Twitter, you just found it in a search for a Steelers podcast. The behind the steel curtain network is so much more than just my show. Check us out wherever you get your podcast by searching Steelers or behind the steel curtain. You can subscribe, follow whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. We have morning lineup, noon lineup and PM lineup, all great stuff. And even if you don't like some shows, and I'll be honest, that's that's okay. I'm sure that there's some that you just tend to lean towards some other than the others. That's fine. We have enough that you can pick and choose what you like. And we hope that you like everything because I stand by the product. Absolutely stand by every single show. Okay. What I want to do today is we're going to talk about the news. We're going to talk about injuries, camp updates, all that good stuff. And then we're going to dive headfirst into these rookies, the rookie class. And I'll get to that in a second. But let's talk about stuff. Uh, there were some minor roster moves that were made. Nothing really to write home about. A uh, player was given a wave designation. Uh, the Steelers, bring, they swap out linebackers. They bring Tyson Aluwalu off the pup list. Some minor stuff like that. Nothing really earth-shattering. In terms of injuries, because you mentioned Tyson Aluwalu uh, coming off of pup. That's good news. He's working his way back I don't think there's any chance he plays in week one but at least he's he's getting back onto the practice field he might be doing some team stuff the newest injury of note is nose tackle Montravius Adams he left Tuesday's practice with an ankle injury the weird part about this is there's a couple things of note okay first he was he was carted off so it wasn't just that he was able to walk off and then secondly, in, in the post-practice press conference, Mike Tomlin said he has to be evaluated. That means that the, the training staff said, hey, you know, this could be significant. We need to do some tests. And because of that, Tomlin didn't say he's day-to-day. When you think about Chase Claypool with his shoulder injury, he said, not serious, going to be probably day-to-day. And you knew immediately that at least from what the training staff had told the coach, it's not bad. When they say they have to be evaluated, it doesn't always mean bad things. Cam Sutton Last week, had a knee injury. Last Thursday, left practice early at St. Vincent College. Coach Tomlin said the same thing. He's got to be evaluated. Everyone's thinking, shoot, this could be a serious knee injury. You hope it's on a torn ligament. Turns out he's fine. And he was back at practice as of, I believe, on Monday. So when you think about it in that context, 
there's a little caveat there, but Montrevious Adams was the latest player to be added to that injury list. The bumps and bruises, as Mike Tomlin would say, associated with football, are certainly starting to you know pile up, but they are starting to get some players back. Mention Chase Claypool. He's back at practice. Pat Fryermuth with his hamstring injury. He's working his way back. Mention Tyson Alawalu. Larry Ogunjobi is being eased back, but started to do team drills as well. Marcus Allen, who's dealing with a hamstring injury, he's not been back yet. And that's that's tough because you think his his roster spot is not guaranteed. And same with Ulysses Gilbert III, UG3, who just suffered an ankle injury, who's expected to be out a couple weeks. And when you think about uh, someone like Mark Robinson that we'll talk about in the second second half of this first segment when we mention the rookies, UG3 not playing is going to put him behind the eight ball. Najee Harris not playing yet because of that foot injury has opened up the door for someone like Jalen Warren to really impress. So these injuries, and Mike Tomlin, again, not to constantly quote the coach, he always says one man's misfortune is another man's opportunity, and this is exactly what he's talking about when players are getting a chance to show what they can do, and it's awful for the player that might be banged up, that might be injured, but it's just the fact of the matter. So we'll keep an eye on those injuries and we'll keep you up to date. I'm sure that on Friday, that show will have more of an idea as to who's going to play, who's not going to play. Uh, I don't think there's any way that Pat Fryermuth suits up. There's no need for Pat Fryermuth to suit up. Najee Harris, the same thing. We don't need him to play. But when you look at Kevin Dotson, who has an ankle injury, he didn't practice on Tuesday. Now Kendrick Green is getting all those reps. That's going to be a big deal. So keep an eye on some of this stuff. It's going to be a, it's going to play a role heading into that first preseason game against the Seattle Seahawks at uh, <gasps> Acrisure Stadium. I say that like that all the time because still some fans freak out. I really don't care. All right, let's go to some camp updates uh, with the quarterbacks. We always have to mention those. Mitch Trubisky seems to be settling in. If you had any question that he's the QB one on the roster, well, you haven't been paying attention. He gets all the first team reps. I think one day he didn't get all the first team reps. The Steelers are going to give him every opportunity to claim that job. Whether he wins it or loses it, that's up to him. But they're going to give him every opportunity to win that job. He's definitely starting to take command, be a little bit more of a leader. Good news there. You want something that's, I guess you would say, solid or solidified at that position. And so Mitch Trubisky seems to be that guy, at least starting out for Matt Canada's offense this season. Things are getting testy in camp. You know, uh, there's been skirmishes, fights, pushing, altercations, whatever you want to call it. There's been a lot of those this year. And I think the one thing of note is that these two sides, offense versus defense, it is natural for them to compete against one another. They hear their coach talk about iron sharpening iron all the time. I mean, there's no doubt that they're going to be competitive. These are professional athletes. I don't care if you're an undrafted rookie or a 10-year veteran. You do not want to be shown up, and you also want the other side, because they are your teammates, to be the best that they can be. And sometimes motivation comes in the form of, in these, in the player's case, talking trash, maybe a little shoving. They want to get the best out of the, the people on the other side. Uh, just most recently, uh, Connor Hayward catches a pass. This happened on Tuesday. This was reported by Mark Caballi of The Athletic. He catches a pass. And he's chirping at the defense, which is on a f- opposing sideline, saying, no one's wants to tackle me. No one can tackle me. Well, Minka Fitzpatrick chirps back and says, I'll tackle you. Next time I'm in there and you're in there, I'm going to flip your you-know-what. And so this is really interesting to me. And what it just tells me, 
when I read these quotes and see these things, it just tells me, man, these guys got to hit somebody else. (laughs) It's time for them to hit someone that's not wearing a black and gold jersey uniform, has a helmet with a logo on just the right side. They need to hit someone in that blue and the ugly green They need the Seattle Seahawks to come into town as soon as possible so they can rally together and not play against one another. And that's when they can really start to say, you know what, let's, we iron sharpens iron, right? So we're going to see is the Steelers defense that great or is the Steelers offense subpar? And while no, Seattle's not going to be setting any records this year, it's going to be a test. It's going to be the first test. And so that's what we're going to be talking about here today. But I wanted to take Wednesday's show for the next three to four weeks in the first half. And I wanted to talk about the rookies. I feel like that's really important. We know what the veterans bring for the most part to the team, but the rookies, what is, what's being said about the rookies? What should we expect from these players? And all seven players in the 2022 NFL draft class, we're going to go one by one and kind of hash out what to expect heading into that week's action. So this is the rookie recap, the camp edition. So we're going to look at about two and a half weeks worth of camp, see where these players fall in terms of the narratives and storylines surrounding them heading into this first preseason game on Saturday in Pittsburgh. And so we're going to do each round in order from one to this two seventh round picks. Let's get things started off with KP8, Kenny Pickett in round one. Kenny Pickett, I don't know what fans expected, and I, I really do think there are some younger fans out there that weren't around in 2004 when Ben Roethlisberger was a rookie that don't remember that even though Roethlisberger was the 11th overall pick, first-round pick, we know that, he was not the starter coming out of camp. Tommy Maddox was the starter coming out of camp. Ben Roethlisberger did not go out there and impress so much that he won that job. Bill Cowher said he needs to sit, he needs to learn. Now, that all changed in Week 2 when in Baltimore, Tommy Maddox goes down with an elbow injury and Roethlisberger's thrust into the starting lineup. Let's also not forget that Charlie Batch was the backup that year. Ben was third on the depth chart. Charlie Batch gets hurt. Now he's the backup. So keep this in the back of your mind when you hear people that are saying, oh, Kenny Pickett's going to be third on the depth chart. Don't think that is some damning statement about his overall career. It's just where he's starting right now. And when I hear people that know more about football than I do, say it could be the best thing for him, Kenny Pickett that is, for him to watch, for him to learn, to get some semblance of experience, even if he's not playing under his belt, that might be the best thing. We're going to see Kenny Pickett plenty in the preseason, but just in terms of an overall global standpoint with his career, there's a lot of issues. He's had his welcome to the NFL rookie moments in camp. He's also had some really good days. So it's been up and down. Typical rookie you know, rookie camp experience for Kenny Pickett, but we'll see how he does this Saturday. I'm sure he'll play a good bit probably in the second half. In the second round, George Pickens. I mean, my gosh, George Pickens. He is everyone's camp darling right now. The guy can do no wrong, although Mitch Trubisky supposedly kind of gave him a piece of his mind when he maybe ran a wrong route in practice on Tuesday, but still, the guy's doing everything that... Everyone thought about him. I mean, he's had people, there's been unnamed sources that say he reminds me of Randy Moss. I mean, that's that's incredible. You know, I, I, I Randy Moss was in West Virginia at Marshall when I was growing up in West Virginia. Randy Moss was unbelievable. Everyone watched him in Minnesota. 
uh, with Chris Carter and Dante Culpepper and Randall Cunningham even. He was a different level. I'm not about to say that's George Pickens until I see him actually play. Uh, I'm just going by these reports, seeing little clips, catches here or there. But George Pickens, the hype train, boy, that is full steam ahead right now. And so everyone has him slated as the number three uh, wide receiver behind Deontay Johnson, who's nursing a hip flexor injury now, probably because he didn't practice as much, but still a hip flexor. Chase Claypool's coming off that shoulder, and then Pickens. You're going to see a lot of George Pickens in the preseason, so we'll get to see it for ourselves. But Pickens, well, I'll tell you what, everyone loves that guy. Round three, DeMarvin Leal out of Texas A&M. He was the one that I told fans, I said, beware. This might not work out the way you want it to. This might not be, this might be the guy that takes a year or two to figure it out. And I could be wrong. If the reports of him being so flipping good in one-on-one drills in training camp, if those come and they come into fruition, meaning that all of a sudden now people are looking at the Steelers and they're looking at DeMarvin Leal and in the game on Saturday and then the following week he's wrecking teams and offensive lines well that is awesome DeMarvin Leal is turning heads he did not come into camp overweight he had lost a lot of the weight that he supposedly put on for rookie minicamp he looks great he looks like he could be both someone that could flex into a four defensive lineman defensive end look he is good good enough and probably big enough to play on the interior maybe not all the time but in certain situations it looks like the Steelers got a good one in DeMarvin Leal but let's see if that good practice player can translate to a good game player he might be if I'm for thinking of a, a a parallel in terms of playing time I feel like he would be on the same plane as Isaiah Loudermilk last year Isaiah Loudermilk was supposed to be inactive most weeks but injuries pushed him into the lineup and he didn't do horrible I feel like that's going to be the same thing for Leal he might be inactive some weeks. He might also make get, get a helmet on game day. He might be a guy that in the second half of the season sees a lot more playing time, but we'll see how it goes. Round four, Calvin Austin the third. Cal, as he goes by, Cal Austin. The speedster, he has had his moments in camp where you just see the speed flash, and everyone always said, well, wait till they put the pads on. Is this little guy the Dre Archer 2.0, Chris Rainey 2.0, or is he a guy that even with pads, even with them tackling, live tackling plays, can he get the job done? And he could, and he did. And it's going to be interesting how Matt Canada utilizes him, both as a receiver, maybe as someone going in motion with jet sweeps. Is he going to be more of just a gimmick or a distraction? He, he did. I was shocked. He has a little bit of an edge to him. It was reported in the last week there was a, a play where he was tackled. T.J. Watt stood over him, and he did not like that. And he stood up, and he shoved T.J. Watt, and next thing you know, other players are getting involved. T.J. Watt said, hey, it's just me me being me. I get it. But I look at that at Calvin Austin the third and saying, wow, he's not backing down from T.J. Watt. That's kind of impressive. I'm anxious to see what he can do in the game, these preseason games, where he's probably going to play more than he will in the regular season. Let's see what he can do, and let's see what Matt Canada can do with him. That's a very important aspect here. Connor Hayward, round six. I've already talked about him chirping at the defense. He's been used a lot, especially in the red zone. He's had some good moments. He's had some bad moments. There's been reported drops. Nothing that I think is you know crazy levels of drops where everyone's not sure what's going on or anything like that. But you know, Connor Hayward though is a guy that 
he brings a versatility that should make him be very attractive when it comes to how Matt Canada wants to utilize him. But he's also a special teams guy. He's someone that the more plays he can make, the easier it will be to pencil him in or put him in pen on that 53 active man roster. I want to see what they do with him. They put him in the backfield, H-back, tight end, fullback, running back even. Should be fun to watch. The two seventh-round picks, Mark Robinson. You know, with like I said earlier, talking about the injuries, with UG3 sideline, Mark Robinson has a clear-cut chance to show what he can do. With Marcus Allen injured, he has a clear-cut chance to show what he can do. They will give him plenty of opportunities to show what he can do. But don't fall in love with Mark Robinson in 11-on-11 settings. Don't fall in love with Mark Robinson in the fourth quarter when he splits the, he hits the hole, blows up the running back. Don't fall in love with that. That's not going to help him make the team. What's going to help him make the team is special teams. When you see Mark Robinson on the field, number 93, if he's running down the field and making tackles on special teams, take note. That's what's going to get him on this 53-man roster. That's what's going to be a promising start for his NFL career. Keep an eye on him on special teams. And lastly, Chris Oladokun, I honestly don't know what to say about this guy. He hasn't gotten one team period repetition yet this entire training camp. He's talked about just being patient. I'm not even sure how much this guy's going to play in the preseason. I'm wondering if the Steelers are going to, in week one, just play three quarterbacks. If if the first half would be, I mean, you would think that Trubisky, if he's the QB one, isn't going to play a ton. Mason Rudolph, they've seen enough of him. It's going to be primarily Pickett and Oladokun. That would make sense. But at the same time, I could see them also saying we need to give everyone equal time that's actually vying for the starting job, and that's not Chris Oladokun. So uh, with that being said, you have to wonder just how much time he's even going to play, if at all. If I think if there's a preseason game where he's going to play more, it's this Saturday. And I'm honestly just excited to see what this kid can do. I just want to see what he's capable of. That, as of this time, anyone that's even been to training camp has only seen him throw the football in individual drills. So he's throwing to receivers that are not covered. He's just warming up. Like, that's all he's doing. I want to see what this kid can do. All right, so the rookie recap there. We're going to do this every week. So next week, getting ready for week two, we'll recap week one, get you ready for week two when it comes to this rookie class. I think that's really important. Hope you enjoyed that. I actually did. Let's get into the mailbag, shall we? In the second half of this show, we'll dive headfirst into the mailbag. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this break. fans welcome back to the second half it is the mailbag time in case you're sitting there walking whatever you're doing while you listen to my podcast i don't care what you're doing as long as you're listening and i appreciate it uh, you might be wondering how do i get my question answered you know jeff always does this mailbag segment how do i how do i do that okay it's simple you gotta go to twitter if you have a twitter account you have to follow me at j hartman h-a-r-t-m-a-n underscore p-i-t and then you gotta just pay attention on Tuesday around noon, midday is when I put out the tweet and then respond to the tweet and I will answer every single question. We had about 25 questions today. We're going to get to every single one of them. Let's get this thing started with Will Caldwell. So Will Caldwell, he asked, not sure if it's too late. It's not. But why do you think the Steelers used to pick on Chris Oladokun? Has he gotten any reps? I just hadn't heard anything about him. 
Good question, Will. I just kind of talked about that before the break. He hasn't had any team drill reps yet. So we're talking about seven shots, goal line, third down, two-minute drill, four-minute drill, any of those reps. He has not gotten one unless it was at a closed practice, which no one was there except for reporters, in which case then they also didn't talk about it. But I do know that there's several reporters that have been writing articles and talking about his lack of usage, I feel like they would have said something and they didn't. So I don't know. I, I know they wanted that fourth camp arm. And I think they're looking at him and saying, we'll probably be able to get him on the practice squad. And if we get him on the practice squad, he sits for a year. And then if Mason Rudolph's gone after this year, we've got our top three quarterbacks in Pickett, Trubisky, and Oladokun. That's probably why they drafted him. But you just want to see what he can do. We'll see. All right, Heath Davis. He asked a couple questions. Jeff, what is up with the Bengals? Nothing new has happened. Just why do they suck? <laughs> Let's start with that. Uh, Joe Burrow had his appendix removed. So he hasn't even practiced yet. They said he'll be good to go by week one. Uh, but the Bengals, they had a good offseason. I'm not going to hate on them. I don't like them. But I'm not going to hate on them for no reason. Uh, but ultimately, they've had a real quiet offseason, and they've gotten better. Second part of this question, he said, also, do you think the Browns are desperate enough to sign Ray Rice if Kareem Hunt leaves for another team? It would fit their recent MO. I don't think Ray Rice is coming back into the NFL, although I get your joke. Second question from Heath. Bisky Business is going to stick around for his full contract, or does he get released or traded if the old Steel Panther, KP8, takes the starting role? He said, P.S., has anyone told Mason Rudolph he is leaving yet? So I think that Mitch Trubisky, depending on how they use him this year, if he starts all 17 games, he's definitely coming back next year. That's going to be something we'll talk about after this season and see how things play out. As for Mason Rudolph, I don't think he is leaving just yet. Not not anytime soon. If he's going to be leaving, it's going to be towards the end of the preseason, and there's a good chance he sticks around. As much as Steeler fans hate it, there's a chance that he does stick around. Believers says or asks do you have faith in the defense heavy philosophy the front office taking front office is taking do you expect the defense to be super exotic with sub packages or more of a new england slash flores style where they aggressively game plan for each team attack each team's strengths and weaknesses i don't mind the defense heavy approach that's where their best players are right now so you pay them and you take that defense heavy approach I think that when you look around the AFC, you have to notice the high-powered offenses. You're going to have to have a defense to slow them down, to give yourself a chance. In terms of game planning, I absolutely think and I hope that Brian Flores' fingerprints are all over those plans. I hope it's different. I hope it's not the, we're just going to do our thing and we'll have to make them adjust. No, that's, that's foolish. In today's NFL, you game plan every week for that opponent. And if that means you, hey, we're going to go all zero blitzes like they do against Baltimore and Miami, and Flores used to confuse the heck out of Lamar Jackson, then do it. So I don't mind the defense-heavy approach. Good question. Brian Haynes asked several. What are you most what are you watching for most on Saturday? On Saturday, what I'm going to be watching the most, believe it or not, is the lines, offensive and defensive line. I want to see that group move some bodies. I want the defense to stop the run. Remember, Seattle was a team that ran all over the Steelers last year at Heinz Field, because it was Heinz Field last year, Sunday night football, Geno Smith. We all remember that game. The Steelers win in overtime, but they ran all over the Steelers. I want to see them stop the run. And then I also want to see the Steelers' offensive line protect. 
open up holes. That's what I'm going to be watching. Brian asked another one. What's the scariest offensive look in your opinion that the Steelers can roll out there? I think Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth, Pickens, Deontay Johnson, and Chase Claypool all lined up in an empty set would be scary to defend, especially if the Steelers catch the defense in a run-stop defense with a linebacker on Pat Fryermuth. That offensive look you just mentioned with all those weapons, I'm all for it, but I'd keep Najee Harris in the backfield, and I'd keep Muth in line. I wouldn't flex him out necessarily. Because that's when you get him line. That's when you get him lined up on a linebacker. You're not. You're rarely going to have a safety drop down when you also have DJ Claypool and Pickens out there. So it's going to be interesting to see what Matt Canada does. Something that I want to mention on the Monday show that I had KT Smith on. He talked about how the Steelers have all these different options when it comes to the the offense and how it's going to look. So we'll keep an eye out on that. Brian asked two more. If you could have a round table of ten employees, dead or alive. From the Steelers organization, coach, player, office persons, who would you talk to completely truthfully answering anything? So I would probably say that I would, 10 employees, I'm not going to say 10. The one I'd like to pick his brain the most is, and this might shock some people because it's before my time, and you're talking about coach, player, office persons, I'm saying Chuck Knoll. If I could pick one, one person that I would like to sit down and talk with and pick their brain, it's Chuck Knoll. He did things different. He did things different. He broke the mold in Pittsburgh. He created the mold that has been followed by Cower and Tomlin now and that front office and all that stuff. He started it. That's who I'd like to pick. Next from Brian, do you care if the Steelers lose on Saturday as long as the team looks good? I know there's no pretty loss, but if everything clicks, does a loss matter? I don't I don't care if they lose. I want to see how the starters do, how they play, certain depth pieces. There's going to be players playing in the fourth quarter. I'm like, who is this guy? So I'm not too concerned if they lose. My rule of thumb of the preseason is always the same. They just have to win one game. Once they win one, then there's not that, well, a team's never lost all their preseason games and never made it to the Super Bowl. Once they win one, now we move on with our life. They can lose the rest of them, could care less. Yes, that's right, Dave. I could care less. All right, Cheeseball10. He asked, Jeff, what are your predictions when it comes to quarterback play this weekend? Who plays? Who doesn't? How does this play set the table for the rest of the preseason? Great question, Cheeseball. I'm going to say Trubisky goes out there with the ones not very long. Rudolph goes out there. He plays substantially longer. Pickett comes out maybe at the end of the second half, into the third quarter. I'm sorry, end of the second quarter, not the second half. Into the third quarter, and then get Oladokun at least a full quarter in the fourth just to get him some reps. I don't think Oladokun plays anymore the preseason, but this is going to be his game. But that's just my opinion. Southside Docs, as Coach KT Smith mentioned what he looks at in regards to practice, what aspects do you look for on game day? Uh, On game day, I think that, you know, sometimes a player just doesn't have it. Whether it's an offensive lineman with a matchup, whether it's a running back, the, the burst isn't there, whether it's a receiver dropping the ball, and sometimes it's a quarterback not being able to hit the broadside of a barn. And when you see that, I, th- I think that's something you have to look for and just say, okay, we can't just keep banging our head against the wall expecting a different result. That's the definition of insanity. Maybe you need to adjust, stuff like that. That's what I'm looking for. Next question from Southside Dog. What do you need to see from the offense to conclude that the Canada system is sufficiently different than that with the Big Ben era? How many weeks need to go by before the NFL defenses make adjustments? How do you see Canada responding to that? So Matt Canada, his offense is multifaceted. Things, and this is something I've learned from Jeffrey Benedict, who does great film room work, and he has broken down singular plays. 
And he talks about how they're all multifaceted and layered. So Mad Canada will have a similar alignment, similar motion prior to the ball being snapped. And it's all based on what the defense does, and it sets up future plays. If he sees something, it's going to signal, okay, I don't do this in the future, or I do do this. Everything sets up the other. How has it worked yet? Not necessarily the way that we hoped as fans. However, I think it could. Will it look different than the Big Ben era? I think it will. Uh, I think it's just going to be more co- a more mobile quarterback uh, related, meaning they're going to get a quarterback under center. They're going to run play action. They're going to bootleg the quarterbacks out, get them on the edge, and that's fine. I'm cool with that. I want, I'm excited to see what this looks like. Aiden Blaine asks, I think it's funny how Justin Tucker received a contract extension right after Boswell tied him as the highest paid kicker. Do you think Tucker intentionally waited until Boswell signed uh, to negotiate his deal? I don't think he necessarily waited. I bet his agent saw that Boswell get signed. And then he said, look, this guy from Pittsburgh just got this deal. We're, he's better than this. He's better than him. I don't, I'm not saying I agree with that. Justin Tucker's amazing, by the way. But that's probably what his agent said. And the Baltimore Ravens said, well, we wanted to sign him anyway, so let's do it. I don't think it's necessarily tied together, though. Zach Farnsworth, he asked, what unit on paper improved the most from last season and what unit do you believe will surprise in a good way this season? I think on paper, it's the defensive line. On The defensive line on paper is a million times better because remember last year, although Stephon to his name was there, he wasn't. So I think now when you talk about another year under the belt of um, uh, someone like Isaiah Loudermill, Chris Wormley's coming off a career year, and then you add Larry, Larry to the mix, it's just going to improve it. So I think that's the most improved. Uh, what do I think will surprise this is going to sound crazy. It's running back. I think that Najee Harris is great. I think Benny Snell is going to be improved. The offensive line can do something in front of him. And I think also Anthony McFarlane, if he can stay healthy, will be a good addition to that group. So th- there's my answers. Corey Eckenrod says, give us a preliminary list of possible Redmond Award candidates to watch Saturday. Okay. Jalen Warren, obviously. Mark Robinson, yes. Connor Hayward even could be in the mix to give you a fourth um maybe someone like delante scott linebacker those are before to keep an eye on for this saturday and the redmond award is just someone that kind of stands out in camp he's like a camp darling we've done that by behind the steel curtain forever so uh, we'll be doing that again at the end of the preseason so be keep keep a lookout for that all right jeremy betts that's right jerome he asked a question setting an over under for calvin austin's longest play from scrimmage this weekend at 55 yards what are you betting so the over under on the longest play 55 yards i'll take the under i think he'll have a splash play i just don't think it's going to be over 55 yards that's a big play i would be happy if he gets over but i'm going to take the under great question from thomas here he said so my fiance and i will be getting married in may congratulations I think. I'm just joking. Her family is all Eagles fans, but I have started to buy her Steelers gear, and she agreed to wear the gear. What are some other ways I can continue to convert her to the best team in the NFL? Okay, here's what you got to do. First and foremost, you have a deal. You explain to her, in case she doesn't know, the Eagles are in the NFC, the Steelers are in the AFC. So look, honey, you can root for the Eagles. All that I ask is that you root for the Steelers outside of the Eagles. They're your AFC team. Eagles are your NFC team, although they do play each other this season, in which case, if she's going to stick with the Eagles, that's fine. That's why you get her to kind of play both sides of the fence. Next, if she is, if you're giving her the gear and she's agreeing to wear the gear, 
you need to find out some information about these players that the Steelers have that she might either find interesting, that she might find funny, that she might like their personalities, um, any way to get her more involved and engaged in the actual team, help her know the players. So show her things like the uh, mic'd up segment with Pat Fryermuth and Zach Gentry, which is hysterical. She might laugh at that. And then next thing you know, when she's watching the game, like, oh, there's Pat Fryermuth. He's the one that did that funny thing. Now she's engaged. Now she's involved. You do that. Now I was fortunate when my wife, she had no, no allegiance to any NFL team. Her dad does, wasn't really into the NFL too much. And so it was easy for her to follow, but I was fortunate that she was, she started coming around and Early 2000s was when we started dating. So we're talking about Troy Palomalo. We're talking about Casey Hampton, Big Snack. We're talking about Big Ben. We're talking about Fast Willie Parker. All these players that were just so great, had great personalities. Heinz Ward, she liked watching them. She got engaged because she liked those players. Um, And so just some tips there as someone that's 15 years married to someone that I converted it to be a Steeler fan. Zach Bauer asked, what are number one, what are the chances that George Pickens leads the Steelers in receiving? I think it's good if teams are going to ignore him and maybe have one-on-one coverage over top of him there. The Steelers will go his way early and often. Number two, would you be disappointed if Mason Rudolph wins the starting job? No, I wouldn't. I actually wouldn't. If he wins the starting job, that's the key. When I said on this podcast that I'm rooting for Kenny Pickett, I want him to I said I wanted Kenny Pickett to win the job. I didn't want him to be handed the job a la Kendrick Green at center last year. So if he wins the job, he's the best quarterback, then he deserves a start. And number three, do you plan on going to Pittsburgh for any games this year? Negative. No, I don't. Um, the Steelers uh, continue. I can continue to give them the big fu as they uh, denied us credentials for even a flipping preseason game. So, uh, nope, probably not going to go. Be sitting at home, watching it like ever. All of you all will. So, sadly, no. But Dave Schofield will be going. If you're going to be at a game, hit him up and uh, go meet Big Dave. There you go. M Dibs twenty four says, "Give us a defense." made of unheralded players. Yes, you can include Ferrier. A defense. Okay. Defensive line, unheralded players. Brett Kiesel, uh, Aaron Smith at defensive end. Uh, Chris Hoke at, at nose tackle. Outside linebacker, go Clark Hagens. Let's go Jason Worlds. We're talking about unheralded here, people. Keep that in mind. I'm allowed to include Ferrier, so I'll put Ferrier. And I'll put Foot there because he was unheralded too. Um, at, at safety, I'm going to go with Chris Hope because he was unheralded, and he'd only stayed there for the rookie contract, but he was really good in his time there. And I'll go Tyrone Carter opposite him. And I'm trying to think of most more recent players, obviously. Cornerback, let's go Deshae Townsend. Let's go with Willie Gay. I think he was unheralded. And if I want a third, let's go with Bryant McFadden. I think it's a pretty darn good defense, if you ask me, for unheralded players. All right, Justin Pinsker asks, after the first couple weeks of camp, what should our offensive expectations be? I just want to see fluidity. I want to see them move at a decent clip, meaning don't wait forever to get the play in. Let's see them go more of a muddle huddle. I want to see some tempo. I want to see them converting on third downs, converting in the red zone, running the football, little things like that. Uh, Brian Haynes gets one more in. How long before Debo gets in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> and Corey Eckenroth responds to him. says, don't worry, Jeff, I got you. At the same time as 86, meaning Heinz Ward does. If Debo gets in before Heinz Ward, I'm going to have issues with that. But uh, he does he, he deserves a look, I'll say that. All right, Amendez, with Pickens reports all pointing to his readiness and Bush reports all about his lack of improvement as a GM, would you entertain a clay pull for Roquan trade, Roquan Smith? 
we need inside linebackers and are in a good spot at wide receiver. Bears need wide receiver help. I'm not pulling the trigger on that just yet uh, on either accord. I'm not going to buy into the Devin Bush sucks talk until I see him play in the preseason. I'm also not going to buy into the George Pickens hype until I see him be awesome, even if it's just in the preseason. So no, I wouldn't pull the trigger on that. Um, I know they need help. If Cody White for uh, Roquan, that's a different story, but <laughs> No, not Claypool. Okay, David Testis says, hey, Jeff, wanted to get your thoughts on the depth of the wide receiver position and what to expect going into the preseason with so many bright young talents. Can fans start picking favorites to root for, like Pickens, CA3, Calvin Austin the third, Anthony Miller, etc., or is it too soon? Thanks. He said, side note, my wife and I are expecting a baby girl this winter, adding to the black and gold faithful and making our household a family of four. David, congratulations on the expecting birth of your baby girl. That's fantastic as a father of four daughters and five kids. I can tell you it's it's amazing. It's amazing. We'll put it that way. But to go back to your Steelers question, I think fans can start picking favorites. Pickens is already one of them for a lot of people. Anthony Miller's having a great camp, and no one, including myself, is talking about him. In terms of the wide receiver position this weekend, Deontay Johnson's probably not going to play. He's nursing a hip flexor. You don't want that to be aggravated. He's probably not going to play. There's a chance that Chase Claypool with the shoulder injury. If it's something they're like, look, we just don't need him to aggravate it, he might not play. So now you're talking about Pickens, Austin, Miller, White, all these other wide receivers getting plenty of opportunities to show show themselves. You'll see the depth this Saturday for sure. All right, Tyler, the last question. Hey, Jeff, after hearing reports from the first couple weeks of training camp, which players are you most excited to watch this Saturday? Great question. The one I'm most excited to watch this Saturday, I'll pick one on offense and one on defense. So on offense, I'm, I'm going to say Kenny Pickett. I, there's just so much to me that's riding on this pick. And it's the future of the organization. And I say that with, I know exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying it on purpose. I'm going to go Kenny Pickett on offense. I think it's that important. On defense, I kind of want to see Devin Bush. We just talked about him. I want to see what this guy looks like. Does he have his mind right? Is he back to full speed? Are the camp reports true? Or are they are they going to be debunked? We'll see. Those are the two that I'm looking forward to seeing this Saturday. Even though Devin Bush might not play a lot, He's going to play, and so is Kenny Pickett, so keep that in mind. All right, great stuff. Great stuff, Ride or Die crew. Thank you all very much for taking the time to participate, as always, in the mailbag segment. Make sure you're checking out all of our content. Make sure you're checking out all of our podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, by searching Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. In the meantime, folks, you know how we finish it out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great rest of your week. I'll see you on Friday. Get you ready for that game on Saturday. Go Steelers. 